Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists empowerment talk radio. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man means you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. 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 Transforming Transforming truth truth to power, power. one broadcast broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good evening on this wonderful, beautiful American Saturday before you jump back. I'm Janice Graham and this is Our Common Ground. We're so pleased that you could join us tonight as we talk about the corporatization of American Radio, and we hope you are ready for understanding. I'm so pleased to have with us on our common ground, Norman Goldman, Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Talk Radio Show, which is heard across America and every other continent on the globe. And you are going to be so pleased that you were with him tonight on our common ground. Before we get started, because we've got a lot of things to cover. I do want to shout out to the birthday party that's still going on with my grand princess, Imani, who is going to be turning 21 years of age on Friday. They're still at Fire and Ice. I left the crowd 
and they're having a great time. She's home from college for the spring break, and we decided to give her a big party, and um, uh, I was just so pleased to be able to give her all the self-help books that I collected when I was in my 20s. Some of them I noticed that I had not read, but uh, we want to shout out to her. Happy birthday, my dear princess. And may the force always be with you. We also want to mark that today was the uh, transition celebration of my brother, my friend, my political mentor, um, Chakwe Lumumba. Currently he was the mayor of the city of Jackson, Mississippi. And what a loss to our community that was, and I was so pleased to be able to watch the service uh, live streamed at Jackson State University, uh, by Jackson State University, and it was just a glorious homecoming. We also want to thank Diane and Governor Duval Patrick for such a wonderful, wonderful dinner at their luscious and beautiful home in Milton, Massachusetts. We had a wonderful time. I guess the governor is getting ready for the Irish dinner luncheon over in South Boston this week where he makes a total fool of himself each year as is required. So um, he gives this dinner and it was a wonderful, very intimate dinner and I loved the five uh, piece band, jazz band that he had for the dinner. So thank them very much. And Diane, you are just so very, very gracious. So glad to call, be able to call them friends. We've got a lot of truth to dish out tonight uh, and a lot of understanding as our after dinner mints. If you want to, write it down. The number is 347-838-9852. As we come into this program, we do also want to shout out to Alpha, the host of the Alpha Show on our sister network, TruthWorks Network. Alpha missed the first show uh, broadcast um, that he's ever missed in five years, and we hope that he is feeling better and that he can join us by listening tonight as we go into this program. 18 police officers in America are still vindicated after murdering African-American men by virtue of their official capacity, and we hope that that gets straightened out when we get this justice thing ready. Um, there is still in America no authentic Voting Rights Act, and 85,000 unemployed Americans went without a check this week, even though they had paid into their state's unemployment insurance program. Big shout-out to our Common Ground voice and my friend Barbara Arnwine, who was honored last night at the Harvard Law School, inducted into the Harvard Law Inaugural International Women's Day exhibit, and there you have it. She has earned it. Big congratulations to her, and we were so proud to be able to share uh, that with us. Uh, for those of you who have been watching, the Boeing 777, which vanished en route to China, uh, has still been unchecked. Uh, there is no idea 
with 239 passengers, 12 crew members, no sighting of the wreckage, one day following an all-night search. Really, really interesting. And um, the Speaker of the House has not disciplined the GOP resident thug, Daryl Isa, for his uh, offensive behavior in the Oversight and Government uh, Reform Committee meeting against, very ugly, I'm sure that most of you uh, saw it, he adjourned it, cut the mic off, um, very ugly, very ugly, uh, while the top Democrat, uh, Representative Elijah um, Cummings, was attempting to pose a parliamentary question to the chair. He just shut the mic off, called the, 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 the committee meeting to adjourn, and that was the name of it. He apologized, but uh, he called it an issy fit. I call it um, official misbehavior, and John Boehner, Boner, should be required to do something about it. Thank you for being with us. We're so glad if you are uh, some of the listeners of the Norman Goldman Show. We welcome you to our common ground and hope you'll be comfortable. Uh, all of you regulars, would you let the, the, the new friends uh, sit up front a little bit and make sure that, that drinks are served or um, whatever uh, to make them welcome to our common ground, and we thank you for being with us. And here we go tonight, the corporatization of American radio, an opportunity for independent empowerment. I'm Janice Graham. This is Our Common Ground. And coming up right after this is our guest, my colleague, who I am just so pleased to have join us because he's got a lot of information, Norman Goldman. From the mean streets of New York to the hills of Los Angeles, a voice is rising to serve justice. This is the Norman Goldman Show, the home of fierce independence, intelligent dialogue, and passionate logic is right here, right now. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This is Norman Goldman. Being with me, uh, look, I do believe in government. I believe that government has a very proper role to play. I don't believe in government takeovers of everything. But then again, I don't believe in corporate takeovers of everything either. And corporations have taken over government. From the mean streets of New York to the hills of Los Angeles. All of us would agree, if I would hope all of us agree, that that's an appalling thing to do. That's not something we as hum- human beings of civilized society John, let society me ask you do. a question. Let me answer your question oh, with no, a no, question. No, no, question no, I, no. Uh, my question is, do you respect the law? Well, yes, absolutely. Well, the law says that fetal viability is the standard. You chose in your hypothetical fetal viability. So the Supreme Court decision, which has been upheld repeatedly since 1973, is it would be murder if you're past the date of fetal viability. That's why Kermit Gosnell got convicted. But then why is it okay at that same stage of of, of reproduction, 25 weeks or up, a high stage, why is it then okay just one foot away inside the womb to perform this this murder? Why is that that okay? Well, let, let me offer you some thoughts, because under certain circumstances, it's still legal. What if the woman's life is in danger? 
I agree 100% that. Okay. I agree with rape, incest. Any of those cases, I don't care what the state Well, is. then, so, but it's still murder, John. That little baby, that poor, innocent little baby's in there saying, no, John, it but doesn't matter God how I got it. John, no, no, no. John, you've got to contend with this. You've got the burden mm-hmm. of proof on this one. You've got to contend, because that poor little innocent baby that you're so concerned about saying, no, don't uh-huh. kill me. Don't kill me. It doesn't right. matter that I was that I was created by rape. That My, my mommy's going to kill me. Well, I think it's still a bad thing that we're doing. But I, I know what you're saying. Oh, but it's okay. I, I, so murder's okay under some circumstances. No. It, it, yes, it is. You just said it is. Argument goes on. Listen, this is why this debate goes on, because it's such No, it goes on. It goes on because a bunch of big government, nanny state liberal buttinskis mm-hmm. stick their nose in people's business where it doesn't belong and refuse to but take this, no for an this answer. Where you are That's wrong, where it goes. When you're talking about an innocent person inside of her no it's you can say an innocent person john you're still skipping the four steps you you use you you said war on women's talking point you just use the talking point oh that innocent baby because people listen to you and they listen they go yeah i don't agree and you say no you must agree i'm going to compel you to agree and that's where you cross the line you declare the law is your property the women's body is your property a, a woman has no control over her own innards it's your decision a total stranger the home of fierce independence intelligent dialogue and passionate logic is right here right now. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This is Norman Goldman. And I am so very, very happy to be with you on Green 960. From the mean streets of New York to the hills of Los Angeles, a voice is rising to serve justice. This is the Norman Goldman Show. For use in Afghanistan, the Pentagon awarded a private British firm, AMEC, Earth and Environment, that's a British firm, private British firm, a contract to build the headquarters. Construction began in November 2011, even though President Obama had already announced the end of the surge and the drawdown of American troops. In 2009, when talk of this building was going on, the Pentagon and military officials said, hey, we need us a two-story building, 64,000 square feet, bigger than a football field, very nicely outfitted, by the way, to use as a headquarters for the Marine Forces at Camp Leatherneck in southern Afghanistan. Well, this building was completed earlier this year, costing you and me $34 million. And now the military has absolutely no plans to use it whatsoever, and it is soon to be demolished. And I'm not making this stuff. Truth, justice, and the American way. That's Norm Goldman. (laughs) That's what we do every day, buddy. Next best thing to Superman. This is the Norman Goldman Show. A lot of people would say it was racism. That if if he, if he was convicted, yes, a lot of white people would say he was convicted by because he shot a black kid and there was a big kerfuffle about it, a big hubbub. I thought maybe it was racism because he was Mexican. Well, I don't know. It depends. Uh, he has variously described himself as white and Hispanic because, right, like the, the president, uh, he happens to be two things at once. Right, but the trial's over and he wasn't convicted. That's our justice system, is it not? It is. 
Okay. And so I respect the, the jury what verdict. Point, what is the point of fan, fanning the flames of racism? That already happened, and there was arrest, but that's not enough now. He's well, a convict, uh, uh, an acquittal. That's not good enough. Wh- why are you using th- that phrase, "fanning the flames of racism"? Are you saying I'm fanning the flames of racism? That the family? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. you're wrong. You, the, the fact. Look, if if there's an armadillo, Race has nothing to do with this case. Oh, he, after come he was arrested, on. once he was That's arrested, your everybody, everybody, the outcry was because he was a black youth. No one got arrested. Then he got arrested, charged, and went to trial. Racism went out once he was arrested. Neil. Because if if your argument was that he didn't get arrested because he was a black kid, he got arrested. True or false? You strongly believe everything you've just said to me. True or false? You strongly believe everything you said to me just now. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that Would you no acknowledge? Would you acknowledge, Neil, please, would you acknowledge that other people just as strongly see things exactly the opposite as you, true or false? And they're just as legitimate as you, true or false? Fine for me to express my opinion. But what I'm saying is it doesn't help now. The the verdict is in. So you say say we should just... And trying to turn it into... It's it's being turned into a racial issue. Trying to use this as a teachable moment, trying to use this to get people... What's being taught? What's being taught? Maybe put the damn guns down? Maybe these ridiculous stand-your-ground laws are encouraging people to act like Gary Cooper in high noon? that's not what the jury said, did they? The jury wasn't presented with a political question of the wisdom of the stand-your-ground laws. I'm sure there's a lot of other cases where that's a fact and it's and it's gone that way. But in this case, the jury didn't see it that way. No, you're and in that sense, you're also you're almost Neil. Calling the now you now you on the on the on the panel. No, now you're going into polemics. Crazy. Now you're going now you're turning this jury trial into a political question of the wisdom of the stand your ground laws. I'm saying that this no, I'm not. look at dude. If I if I see an armadillo in the middle of the road. And I say, hey, Neil, there's an armadillo in the middle of the road. And you say to me, Norm, you just hate armadillos. I'm like, dude, this is what I'm perceiving. I see an armadillo, and it's in the middle of the road. And you say, well, why do you hate armadillos? I don't hate armadillos. I'm just telling you I see an armadillo in the middle of the road. Neil, I'm telling you that I see a nation that is still a racist society that's got major problems with race. I still see neighbors. Why is it? Wait, where is all the voter suppression against white people? Why is all the voter suppression always against minorities? Where's the voter so, so, suppression so, so, against so, white people? So you're, okay, I just want to make sure, and then I'll hang up. I just want to make sure. So your so your unhappiness or your decision, your unhappiness with the decision is the racism involved in this decision, not the actual decision in, but of itself. That you said, you talk about how you go to court with the facts and the truth, and justice comes out and prevails. So I believe injustice here, was done in this case. I believe a manslaughter case was proven. And, and, well, Neil hung up on me. There you go. Neil, thanks very much for the call. I believe a manslaughter case was proven. I have a First Amendment right to speak. The home of fierce independence, intelligent dialogue, and passionate logic is right here, right now. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This is Norman Goldman. It is the Republican Party. They're weak, they're corrupt, and... They're, they're bought and paid for by the same special interest, corporate special interest. Gerald, to me, an entertaining radio show can be funny. I mean, I play the silly sound clips. I mean, you hear me do that, right? He does not. Yes, I do. And, I, right, I do the silly sound clips. I do some impersonations. 
but the key to the thing is I'm trying to teach in an entertaining and engaging way. People are scared of the law. They're fascinated by the law, but they're scared of it, and it's complicated, and they don't know how to handle it. So I teach the law. I teach civics. I try and make things understandable, cut through all the confusion, and advocate for the listener. People hear my sincerity. They get what I'm doing here. All I ask of anybody is 20 minutes a day for two weeks. They get what we're doing, and they stick. Our ratings are very good, and especially our time spent listening is excellent. So, Gerald, there are different ways to be entertaining. Limbaugh just gets people all fuming. He calls women sluts and this kind of stuff. I mean, that's not entertainment. That's just being a pig. There are other and better ways to do it. Now, you speak your piece. I'm turning the microphone off. You go ahead. You just stole my thunder. Well, <laughs> <laughs> literally, hey, no, I, listened, I listened to you one day, and, you, and some of the other shows said if you didn't start towing the line, they're going to kick you off of it. Yeah, you them, that's true. You told, them, you told them go to hell. I did. Yeah, I bought you right then. Gerald, I have been threatened repeatedly by people speaking on behalf of the National Establishment Democratic Party telling me that I am either going to stop criticizing the president or I'm going to get kicked off these radio stations. And I have told them to go to hell, not only in private conversations, but on these airwaves. In fact, twice in the last 30 seconds just now. So... you know, look, at either either we're going to be honest with each other and have an adult conversation and work stuff out and understand this complex world we live in and get things straight in our minds, or I'm just wasting everybody's time, including my own. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This is Norman Goldman. 20 years in state prison because she fired warning shots against her allegedly abusive husband. Now, this case is about a year old. Marissa Alexander was in an abusive relationship with her husband, and he, according to her, had repeatedly beat her up. She had gotten restraining orders against him. Well, he was threatening her, so she says in the house. She had a gun. She tried to run away. She couldn't get out of the house as she perceived it quick enough, so she turned and fired warning shots, not hitting him with a bullet, not hitting anyone with a bullet. She was charged and convicted. The judge rejected the stand-your-ground law. She was charged and convicted with the judge rejecting her stand-your-ground argument, and Friday got 20 years, 20 years, and nobody died. Nobody got injured. Nobody got anything at all. Oh, did I mention, by the way, Marissa Alexander is black? So a black woman firing a warning shot and not hitting anybody. Everybody walked away. She gets 20 years in Florida State Prison, and George Zimmerman walks away. With truth, justice, and independence, this is the Norman Goldman Show. Uniting America with truth, justice, and independence. Tied at our common ground. We're pleased to have Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Show. Fierce independence, intelligent dialogue, and passionate logic is right here, right now. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is Norman Goldman. We're pleased to have you with us tonight at our common ground. Thank you for joining us. 
I'm Janice Graham, and with Norman Goldman, I'll be listening for you. There is no doubt now that you understand that you do not own the public airway. It's time that we understand how the flow and the choking of information to us and our public discourse being taken over by corporations. It is time. We are running out of time. Understanding information oppression is critical. is where justice is served, the place where fierce independence is a norm, and we have him here at our common ground with us, an American attorney and liberal, well, strike that, and talk show master, Norman Goldman, Norman Goldman, thank you so very much for joining us on our common ground. Janice, that was the most awesome introduction anyone has ever done for me, ever. Thank you. Well, you're most welcome, and you certainly earned it, and I am certainly part of your fan pool. And thank you for taking the time to talk with us about this very urgent and critical need uh, to understand what has happened to American radio. Uh, As you probably know, this is my 29th year in broadcasting. And uh, it hasn't been pretty. (laughs) Congratulations and condolences. (laughs) It has been a rough, rough road because I started out doing community radio. And because there are no more community radio stations in which to do community radio, I'm out here in the Internet. So thank you for for being with us. I, I do want to uh, let uh, the audience know that you also are a very active talker in terms of participating with names that we know, talk show hosts, in talking about what our roles and responsibilities are, and, and we'll get to that. For those of you who are listening and you'd like to join our chatters in our chat room, you can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. We're talking with Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Show, and I am a huge fan of that broadcast. There is I, – I, 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 I like to say I go to bed with Norman Goldman every night. <laughs> uh, and you can listen to him at www.normangoldman.com uh, and become a fan along with me and many, many thousands of people. Norm, let's start off tonight by talking about the series that you did in January for an entire week, and then you did some, some follow-up on it, talking about what has happened uh, to to radio, and it really kind of started when it was announced that Clear Channel had reported a three hundred and nine million dollar loss in the fourth quarter. Tell us, give us a capsulization 
of what that series was about and summarize for us what it means for those of us who are in independent uh, talk radio. Well, Janice, uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm really honored, and you, you know you do a great job, and I'm really honored to be with you. That that series that you're talking about was indeed five parts. It was the entire week starting January 20th of this year and going to January 24th. It's in what I call the Beyond the Norm segments because we have been largely shut out from the public airwaves because they've been privatized and corporatized. I have had to do the model that you're doing and that everybody else uh, who is not kissing up to big business and the Republican Party uh, has had to do, which is to take it online and to end run the giant uh, corporations that have privatized our public airwaves. So the Beyond the Norm is what we call, it's a play, of course, on my name. Uh, it's a $5 a month. I've really tried to price it uh, to, you know, not uh, hurt people. Uh, it's $5 a month at normangoldman.com. It gives you the over-the-air show for a month, totally commercial-free, and it gives you all the extra segments that we call Beyond the Norm, and it's where that that five-part series is. And I've encouraged people, and many people have, signed up for one month for five bucks, and then they listen to their heart's content, and then they say, okay, I've had enough, and, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not interested in milking people for a lot of dough. I'm just trying to keep us on the air. And the laws of economics, Janice, as you know, the laws of economics apply on the Internet and to you and me, just like everyone else. But really what a lot of people have is a, a sense that radio is the way we always thought it was. There were local hosts in a local radio station talking about local issues, selling uh, local advertising time to local advertisers. That's all gone, and it is a radically, fundamentally transformed environment, and not for the better. In 1996, the Republicans, led by Newt Gingrich, passed, and President Clinton signed a thing called the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which allowed radio companies to own as many radio stations as they wanted. Prior to 1996, there was a limit of 14. That was it, 14 radio stations, and the giant corporations, ABC, NBC, CBS, owned the maximum number in the big cities, of course. KABC in Los Angeles, WABC in New York, and it's obvious those are ABC stations. KCBS in New York, KCBS in San Francisco, you get the idea. In 1996, all of that was done away with. And a small company in Texas decided they knew what was going on. They were one of the lobbyists for it. They went out and borrowed a whopping, eye-popping sum of money and bought up 1,200 radio stations. They then started firing everybody. They started grouping the stations that they purchased into clusters. So instead of owning one radio station in one city and having a staff of air personalities and salespeople for that one radio station, they bought six radio stations. They combined them all into one physical location. They had one sales staff for six radio stations and fired the people that were working for five radio stations. And in fact, since 1996, 80%, 8 out of 10 radio jobs have vanished, and they're not coming back. These companies had to borrow huge amounts of money, and the investors, of course, want you know interest payments. And so what they did was the, the, there's two companies now, Clear Channel, and Cumulus, which a lot of people have never heard of Cumulus, but they are the second largest owner of radio stations, C-U-M-U-L-U-S, based in Atlanta. They each own over 580 radio stations, 
And between the two of them, they own the big radio stations, the big, powerful, well-known signals in all of the big cities. And they fired everybody. They've turned them all into national networks. So they produce inexpensive programming in one location. And because they own the radio stations and they have the air talent under contract, they command their own radio stations to carry their own talent. Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck in talk radio are all syndicated by Clear Channel through its subsidiary, Premier Radio Networks. And so they're paying Limbaugh $28 million a year. No kidding. They're paying Glenn Beck $20 million a year to do the crazy racist stuff that he does. Sean Hannity gets a similar amount, although I don't know the exact number. Um, but they, they put these guys on 300, 400, 500 radio stations because they can. They own the radio stations. And there's two companies dominating the airwaves. The federal government has abandoned the antitrust laws. And they basically have said, Norm, you're a liberal. Liberal talk doesn't work. All of you are gone. And so we've been kicked off the airwaves. And, and the federal government's sitting there saying, well, that's all fine. You've got the Internet. Have a great day. And that's really a thumbnail sketch, Janice. That really is a thumbnail sketch of a huge, huge chunk of information suppression. Essentially, I mean, um, so so tell us what the model that you have created, which I think is the finest model of independent uh, talk radio. You've combined all of the available technology. Uh, I even caught you on your audio, on your video stream the other night, <laughs> and I said, whoa. Uh, but tell us about your model. Well, it's, it's by necessity, and it's really the model that everybody who is not willing to suck up to giant you know, corporations like Exxon and speak the party line. I mean, Limbaugh, Hannity, and Beck, and Michael Savage, who's, by the way, his real name is Wiener. He is the Savage Wiener. Uh, but you know, all, there's a thousand of these wannabes, and they all are going for the money. They know that when you say that the emperor is wonderful, all hail the emperor, the emperor will reward you. So Limbaugh, Hannity, Beck, Savage, the Savage Wiener, and all these guys, they're going for the big payday. So they say, oh, Exxon is fantastic, and the Republican Party is the party of everything is wonderful. And so they get rewarded. But when you say the emperor has no clothes, and the emperor is doing bad things and destroying the planet and ruining people's lives, and also happens to be racist, well, that doesn't get you very far. So we have to and run these guys, and the only way we can is by using the available technology. So we stream our show live through Facebook, I mean literally through Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page, The Norman Goldman Show, on Facebook, and literally just listen to the show there. You can listen through our website, normangoldman.com. It's easy to spell and kind of rhymes. You've got to agree with that, Norman Goldman. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, there's a story there, and it's a long story. Lady but it's, yourself. Uh... <laughs> I have no one else to blame. Herman Cain would agree. Um, you've obviously been listening a long time. You know a lot of what we do, and I really appreciate that. And that intro was just mind-blowingly powerful. But we have to stream over the Internet, and I stream through our website. Also, the Chicago radio station is a huge, powerful Chicago radio station, WCPT. 
that streams us online as well, and lots of people listen there. That is not corporately owned. It's owned by a guy, uh, a, a Democratic guy who believes in what we're doing, believes in our message, and he bought the radio station, actually a group of radio stations in the Chicagoland area. And so we're all on there because he's uh, one of us, and, and he knows that we need to counterbalance the corporate uh, domination. So we stream through WCPT. Uh, we stream through iHeartRadio, which is ironic because that's owned by Clear Channel. Uh, iHeartRadio is an app, uh, and Clear Channel sees that AM radio especially is in deep trouble. FM is still going well because of the music, and you know the sound quality is still good. And they're making money off playing the Justin Bieber music and uh, you know hip-hop and that kind of stuff. But AM radio is in deep trouble. And so we have to use the technology uh, to and run these guys, and we have our own app, and a lot of people are listening on smartphones. A lot of people are streaming us through uh, through our app. Uh, we are on the TuneIn app, so we use apps. We also have the, the $5 a month podcasting. And, Jess, I'm sure you're familiar with a DVR, right, for television. You can record a TV show, and you can watch it an hour later, two hours later, the next day, the next week, whenever you want. And you can zip through the commercials as well. Well, there's the same thing for radio, and it's called podcasting. It's just a DVR for the radio, except we do the work of taking out all the commercials and all the top-of-the-hour news traffic and weather stuff, and uh, so you can just hear the show. An hour becomes 38 minutes when you take out all the other stuff. And uh, so there's podcasting, there's Internet streaming through the few radio stations that are still willing to carry us. There's an independently owned one in Minneapolis-St. Paul that carries us. Clear Channel has us still on a small number of stations that they have not yet thrown us off of, Denver, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Asheville, North Carolina, although I'm hearing rumors that we're going to get thrown off of those as well because Clear Channel seems to have made a policy decision that they're just going to clear the deck of all of us. So Mm -hmm. the, the future is the Internet. The future is wireless, mobile, apps. There's an app for everything. And this is, you know, so we, we make a little money off the over-the-air advertising, uh, and I ask people to support us with the podcast. And we've been able to get a, a nice uh, group of people to support us with the podcast. I don't ask for charity. Uh, this is I'm giving value for, the, for your dollars. If you're paying $5 a month, you don't have to hear any commercials, and you get all the extra segments. And that January 20th through 24th series that you and I are talking about is in the, the $5 a month. Uh, series and there were a few follow-ups to that because there have been some new developments since then which you reference with clear channel hemorrhaging money uh which is you know a real problem they're, they're they've got a debt wall in 2016 of 20 billion dollars 20 billion they borrowed 20 billion by the way that's mitt romney's company bain capital uh is half owner of clear channel mm-hmm. well so bain bain capital borrowed uh, uh, along with another venture capital firm called Thomas H. Lee Partners, they borrowed $20 billion in 2008 mm-hmm. to buy Clear Channel, and they've not been able to pay down the, the principal amount of the debt. They're barely keeping up with the interest payments, and the debt wall, the, the balloon payment, uh, like on a mortgage, is coming due in 2016, and they're desperately trying to raise money or, or refinance it to just kick the can down the road. But their business model uh, has proven to be a failure. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem with community radios across the country, radio stations across the country, those stations that Clear Channel did not purchase, small radio stations on the AM dial, they are they were um, sold under the Minority Opportunity uh, Act regulations 
uh, under the FCC, and then Clear Channel financed it and ran the new owners up into so much debt that they can't do anything about their programming, and so they're piping in from iHeart. It's it, it's it's the most convoluted, oppressive kind of system, and you would think in this country that we had uh, had no regulations in regard to the airwaves, and and essentially the only regulation that gets enforced are those having to do with the stick or or the tower. So well, here we are with with this option, which I think is a wonderful option. I mean, I went from four hours, um, you and I were on the same station uh, for about six or seven years, four hours at WTTK, which was the largest talk, all talk, 24-hour talk station in the country, to no talk, dead rapping or hip-hopping or whatever they're doing over there now, because Clear Channel decided they would change that, and you got thrown off of there too. And I was desperately looking for you. How the hell am I going to find Norm? And <laughs> and I I said maybe I wasn't paying attention, and I should. If you don't have a job and you are not rich, blame yourself. That's Herman Cain. <laughs> so I was rich, and uh, I didn't have a job, and I had to blame myself. <laughs> I am so disappointed in Herman Cain. I can't tell you, but you know he's 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 great for sound bites. And we have about 600 silly sound clips that we've taken out of context. Uh, one of my favorites, of course, is John Boner. He accounts for about 15% of our sound clips, and he always says stupid things. So politicians are always saying stupid things, and we find them, record them, take them out of context, and play them over and over again. <laughs> so uh, we do we do uh, uh, the Alpha Show on our on a network that we sponsor, Toothworks Network. He does a lot of Boehner, a lot of McCain, a lot of Herman Cain, and and all the rest of the clowns that known inside the DC Beltway. Um, but so let's talk a little bit more about this model. I want my audience to understand because you know Glenn Beck is now streaming and he's he's charging nine ninety five a month for his podcast, and I understand he's pulling something like a million and a half in every month. He's pulling in even more than that. Now, the Glenn Beck is charging, you're right, Janice, 10 bucks a month, basically 10 bucks a month, uh, but he's also got this TV show thing going, and he's got this whole thing called The Blaze. He's created quite an empire there, but he had one advantage that you and I didn't have, is he had a TV show on Fox, which reached 3 million people. And, you know, understand, America, of course, has more than 300 million. So 1% of America, literally 1%, was watching Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly and all those freaks and, and extremists over there. But those are the real, you know, central core of insane, you know, racist lunatics. Uh, but Glenn Beck was, you know, doing his insane act for them night after night, and for that 1% of un-American, unpatriotic louts, they followed him. Many of them followed him onto the Internet once even, you know, he was too crazy for Fox. I mean, even Fox said, dude, we got to get you out of here. And they kicked him off because he was even too nuts for them. But he had the exposure of that mass 3 million audience, and about 10% of them came with him. So he's got about 300,000 people 
paying him 10 bucks a month for the clown act that he does on TV on his and he's still on 300 radio stations because he's syndicated by Clear Channel which is through Premier and they're paying him 20 million dollars a year to do his radio show plus he's got you know 30 uh, 3 300,000 people, 300,000 people paying him 10 bucks a month, which is $3 million by my math. The guy's got an empire going, and he moved the whole thing to Texas because there's no state income tax because he's a cheap SOB on top of all of that. He doesn't want to pay a share of taxes. So uh, let me understand where we draw our people now. This program, when we came on the Internet, we were broadcasting through the U.S. Talk Network uh, network, and um, we did that for about two years, and it went down in a blaze, or the electricity went out. Um, and we had about 22,000 followers uh, at the time, and when that network went down, and we had put in a lot of work, the India Declare show, I Declare, um, Alpha, the Alpha show, we had just put in an awful lot of work to build up that audience. When that network went down, bam, gone. And we've been climbing up the rough side of the mountain uh, ever since. So how do we independents begin to find the people who are looking for us, but they can't find us and we can't find them? And, and you Genesis, know, social media... What a fantastic question. I mean, that really is the big question. How do we find them and how do they find us? Mm-hmm. And I've got good news and I've got bad news. Do you want to hear the good news first or the bad no, news? No, I always go with the bad news first. <laughs> the, well, the bad news is is that the people who we're talking to and the people who want to be with us and, and part of our community are not the most Internet-savvy people around. They're a little afraid of technology. They're older. I mean, that's just the, the plain truth. The folks who are interested in, in civic affairs, politics, uh, you know, law, changing this country for the better, um, they are people who have been through the civil rights struggles. They've been through all the struggles. And all this smartphone stuff and app streaming is kind of foreign to them. The kids, the youngsters, the 18 to 33-year-olds, they're called the millennials by the pollsters. To them, Pandora, Slacker, Spotify, you know, streaming over the Internet, uh, listening with your little, those little earbuds through their smartphone, that's, that's like second nature to them. That's like become as, as familiar as driving a car to many of us. But the youngsters are not nearly as interested in politics and civics and law and, and, and social change they're totally savvy with the technology, but they're not exposed to or particularly interested on their own initiative to our content. So we've got a mismatch. We've got a huge, huge mismatch. The people who are our natural peeps are not tech savvy. The people who are tech savvy are not really ready for our content or, or seeking it out. So we've got a mismatch. And the only way I can see bridging that is we've got to get the older folks comfortable with smartphones, with apps, 
we the way to bridge it, the way I've found is to just yeah. get them to a computer or a laptop and just get them streaming through a website like normangoldman.com or through your website, them streaming. They're, they're familiar with the Internet. Many, many folks who are not that tech savvy have, um, have no problem watching a cute kitten video on YouTube right, or watching something on YouTube. And when you get them to understand that listening to your radio show, mine, or somebody else that, you know, is worthwhile, uh, is just as simple as watching a YouTube video on their computer, they get that, and that gets them started. Then we need to move them over to mobile and wireless and that kind of stuff. Now, that's the bad news, is the mismatch. The good news is, is we've got Facebook, we have Twitter, there's all the different things that you've got. You know, you're on Twitter, right, uh, at Janice OCG, hashtag talk that matters. You've got your blog, you're on Pinterest, you're on Tumblr. I mean, this is the good news, is we have a viral, over-the-Internet way to reach large numbers of people. It's not particularly expensive. We just need to use what in the old days was called word of mouth. But now we have the Internet. So the good news is we can do it. The bad news is we're trying to find people who may not be on Pinterest or may not be on Facebook. And so we've got a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I had thought about uh, doing is hooking up with the local political um, advocacy organizations um, to, you know, I, I, I have a day job. <laughs> So at, sometimes between my day job and this broadcast and, and doing uh, a workshop on how to use the Internet to access political discourse. And I had talked to some of my friends in D.C. in the Democratic Party. I've talked to some of the people in the Green Party about how we get to do that because they have a vested interest in having their people – the people they want to reach listening to us. So that's one of the things. The other is to get people to understand, especially in the African-American and black community, that the only way we're going to unravel some of the nonsense and garbage that gets in the way of political and social empowerment is to talk and to talk in a structured way where we have some purpose. And that's where you, uh, and you are looking at the, the building the, the, a better and, and better world. Um, and I'm looking at how I own some of these issues and how I can get people to own some of them. And that is a difficult uh, problem in and of itself because – to a certain degree, this is the we're on the Chitlin circuit. You know what the Chitlin circuit is, right? <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get an idea of what you mean. But we're, you know, we're also on. We're, we're just. This is a, a new thing. So we're on the upswing. It's kind of like marijuana legalization. You know, it's just getting started. So a lot of people are still uncomfortable with it. But I have to yeah. remember that one, the Chitlin circuit. I like that. Yeah, you remember the Chitlin Circuit before doing Jim Crow. Um, entertainers like Sarah Vaughn and, and Billie Holiday in the South couldn't go into the into the big venues 
so they had to go into a what was considered a sub venue, and that was black nightclubs and and tents uh, on the corner selling tickets and chicken dinners and fish dinners, and it was called a it was called the chick uh, the chitlin circuit. <laughs> Norm, we've got to take a break, and for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Our Common Ground with Norman Goldman, the talk master. I will not call him a host because he's not giving a party. The talk master of the Norman Goldman show that is heard nightly on the Internet, and this is Our Common Ground. And stay tuned because we've got more to talk about about radio. <laughs> this is a four-drink minimum. All right, uh, let's move on. Give President Obama a grade for his four years in office. Let's go down the line, starting with you, Norm. Uh, I give him a C. He's not a real Democrat. He's a moderate Republican. <laughs> it's a measure of how extreme America has gotten and how weird America has gotten <laughs> time that time. When, yeah. time. when a real Democrat Michael. shows up, you don't recognize him. Michael, go ahead. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power. When she talked like that, she knocked me out. This is Our Common Ground. Thank you for staying with us. If you'd like to join the conversation with Norman Goldman, our number is 347-838-9852. 347-838-9852 to come to our common ground. But all the cuts are on the indigent, the poor, the children, the elderly, the veterans, wounded veterans, over and over and over again. There's no billions of cuts to the oil industry, big agriculture. There are no tax loopholes being closed. They are protecting the wealthy with a half-hearted assist from Wall Street Democrats, President. The same people who will not allow the bills to be passed to build, rebuild our infrastructure, voted $50 billion to rebuild Iraq's infrastructure, $100 billion to rebuild Afghanistan's infrastructure, but not a dime for the United States. These are the traitors of this nation because they aren't in power. See the same thing. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy. The inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line. 
You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Friday. Truth Works Network, the Alpha Show. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. India Declare. Real, raw, and right now. Join India Declare. Real, raw, and right now. Fridays and Saturdays, 11 a.m. It's the I Declare Friday and Saturday brunch. If you want your news real and your talk raw, and right now, it's Friday and Saturday. India Declare at the I Declare Brunch. Real, raw, and right now, India is live. Friday and Saturday morning, 11 a.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. On Blog Talk Radio. India Declare. Real, raw, and right now of Obama in a Democratic Congress and Senate, the country is doomed. I think we're doomed. What'd you do? You mean the way the country was doomed after six years of George W. Bush and a Republican dominated both houses of Congress? The way we were sunk into another depression and two wars and all this debt you guys ran up? You mean that kind of thing? You know, you know oh, hold on. Are we, are we in an open discussion? No. I want to be we can't, we can't get away with that without a comment. Yeah, let, let, I'm gonna, Dorm has a point, and I'm serious about this. When Republicans controlled the White House and both branches of Congress, they acted like Democrats on yes. drugs. Yes. And they should and take they, responsibility and they, for it. And they started, a, under, under George W., the rate of growth in government grew faster than that under LBJ. We need to be ashamed of that, Republicans. Yes. And when Republicans do get in control again, it is those of us in this room that need to hold their feet to the fire to act like Republicans. So Give me five. There you go. Is this? Go All right, now that's the lightning round for you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We've we got to say something. Okay, go ahead. Bottom line is he keeps talking about Bush and, and, and Obama. Do you realize that we can all dislike Bush and still dislike 
Obama. I and do. And like I do. Romney. So, I so, do. You know, you because we dislike Obama doesn't mean we loved Bush. It means it went from bad to worse. That's what means. No, Tom, what you need to understand is, is that you and so many of your friends are working off of preconceived notions that are false. And that if you were to actually give me a good listen, you would find that there's tremendous common ground amongst all the Americans on tax fairness, on legalizing marijuana, on getting rid of cro crony corporate capitalism, on knocking there's, down these trade ridiculous trade things with China. There's not enough liquor in the country to give you a good listen. Well, <laughs> there's not enough alcohol in here to make sense out of you, John. So, okay, we've got to move on to our next. Listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. We appreciate your support and listenership in independent talk radio at Our Common Ground. We're here each Saturday night, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham. Obviously, you know, a groundbreaker and a, you know, a trailblazer in in this genre of of spoken word radio. 
And, you know, it's really it's not about me. It's about America. And, Janice, that clip that you played uh, from that forum in Denver, they thought they were going to be clever because we're on, on – it's a clear channel station, but they call it liberal talk. And they've got these two other stations as part of their cluster there. And they thought they were going to be clever and just throw me, you know, into the lion's den. So I was on a panel with three of their Republican talkers, and and the audience was like 600 people. 500 of them were the Limbaugh types, and that's all the hooting and hollering you heard in the background. And about 100 of them were our folks, and they were they were much more civil, and they didn't yell and scream and you know make a lot of noise. So they thought they were going to just you know eat me up alive. And as you heard. And, and that video, the entire video is up on YouTube. Uh, you know, I, I don't take any guff from these idiots. They can, they can, they're bullies, didn't. and I give it to them right back. <laughs> Good for you. But it, it goes to tell you how folks in this, in this audience tonight have to understand how outnumbered we are when it comes to who controls the agenda. Norm, we're going to start taking some calls here because we've got a board full. And we've got 773 in from Chicago. You're talking with Norman, Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Show. Well, good evening, Janice, and good evening to your guest, Mr. Norman well, Goldman. Well, if it isn't Alpha of the Alpha Show, why did I know that you were going to be calling? Hope you're feeling better. Oh, <laughs> it comes and goes, but... That's what we got. And I, I simply want to uh, not take issue but agree with this, uh, this notion that we are outnumbered. But not only are we outnumbered, we are being outfought because they're not, they're, they're, there simply isn't enough Democrats or progressives or liberals who are willing to uh, fight. And when I say fight, it's one thing to sit back and allow the campaign of misinformation to to just continue. But when you see people who continue to go before the camera and they've been wrong and they've been lying for a while, like Rand Paul, he's a plagiarist. He's a, he's, I mean, he's a, uh, well, if you will, a convicted by public opinion liar along with Paul Ryan, how many lies do you have to be held accountable for and still get a platform to articulate just another lie? And this is where we fall short of the fight when we don't describe these people as known liars or, you know, to to that effect and to the... Are, are you suggesting that we should be name-calling to oh, the... It's Unlimited disinformed? It's, it's only a name if it's speculation, innuendo, and untrue. In this case, it's the truth. How many times has Paul Ryan, the so-called noted uh, thinker with the big thoughts, how many times has it been? I don't care what it is. It could be the, the stimulus didn't work, but all the while he's writing letters begging for stimulus. It can be whatever time he took to finish a marathon. It could be a number of things, and he still has that same message, and he still beats that same drum. When Let's we get a response from Norm about how we fight back on talk radio. Well, Al, Dennis, thank you. Alpha, it's an honor to meet you and make your acquaintance, and I couldn't agree with you more. 
the issue as I see it is it kind of encapsulated by the comedy sarcastic movie Wag the Dog where it was it came out around the time of the Monica Lewinsky uh scandal where Robert De Niro's character was uh, concocting a phony war to cover up a presidential sex scandal. And Robert De Niro's character kept saying, if it's not on TV, it doesn't exist. And if it's on TV, it exists. And this is where we are now. Cable news ratings are dreadfully low. Pierce Morgan has just been canceled, 300,000 viewers. CNN, unless there's some huge international crisis, they, they're begging to get 800,000 people. I'm sorry to say MSNBC is in the same league. Fox, Fox News, that joke of a propaganda organization, has lost two-thirds of their audience in the last couple of years. They're down to a million. So they're not giving people any content that's worth a darn, but they're all playing the same game. They take Paul Ryan, who I call Appalling Ryan, they take him seriously. Rand Paul today got big national news because he won a straw poll amongst a bunch of racist lunatics at a thing called the Crazy Political Action Conference. They call it the Conservative Political Action Conference, but it's the Crazy Political Action Conference. It's, <laughs> it's a, a narrow, there, Alpha, there is a narrow, acceptable, on TV range of opinion which is largely Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You've got, you've got these corporate Democrats and corporate Republicans being presented to us as actual choice, when on so many issues, especially economic issues, there really is no choice, and they exclude all the other voices. And if it's not on TV, it doesn't exist. So Rand Paul is given credibility by being on TV all the time, even though he's an extremist and a radical and way out of the mainstream of where most Americans are. And as you correctly point out, a Paul and Ryan, who, who, who couldn't intellect his way out of a brown paper bag, is being you know, treated as some kind of genius and, and oracle. And this is the problem, is corporate media is part of the game. And until and unless we either turn them off and create our own distribution channel over the Internet, through smartphones, through apps, and accept that these alternative conversation mechanisms are as legitimate as CNN and ABC TV, uh, we're going to get stuck with this wag the dog. If it ain't on TV, it doesn't exist. And we're going to be fed this very narrow range of unacceptable nonsense. Well, I, I let me close with this. Uh, I do believe that this notion that it is driven by uh, the success of sponsors, etc. I do, do believe Glenn Beck held on to Fox News spot on TV because he had the he got the subsidizing of billionaires who who were driving the same message, and just like you know he he took. That, that following with him, and that following was simply being basically subsidized by the people with the most money, and that's what seems to be happening. If you have the most money, you can win in the uh, communications war. One of the first notions of war is to seize the airways and take control of communications, and they have successfully done this, and that's why we having to find a new uh, vehicle to get a message out. But our message has to be as strong, if not stronger, and that's another problem that we've had 
We've not had enough people willing to stand up. We have too many corporate Democrats. And the Wall Street crowd was, I would say, that poison pill was given us a couple of decades ago. And now it's all come to fruition. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Alpha, and we hope that you will continue to to recover. Alpha missed his first broadcast in five years last night with something that has gripped him. But this is for you, Alpha. Never get out of the boat. Absolutely goddamn right, unless you were going all the way. Never get out of the boat, Norman Coleman. <laughs> Never get out of the boat. Never uh, give up and never surrender. And for you, Norman Goldman, I uh, have a gift for you, and I will tell you what it is because you just referenced it. It is a sound clip from Wag the Dog saying exactly what you just said. I do, and I really appreciate it. We, we've been collecting them for a long time, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Well, let's try to get some of your thoughts about... Uh, a number of things that are going on, we, we, we do understand that we have a responsibility, um, you know, not only to criticize uh, the likes of the, the airways thugs like uh, Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter. Ron, Rush Limbaugh, by the way, I know. Uh, I have met him personally before. Uh, Bill Clinton took the cap off. Uh, he was he was living in the market where I was broadcasting, and from time to time um, we would run in, into each other. Uh, uh, he was uh, um, pretty lame uh, at that time. He hadn't found his current voice. Let's say that he hadn't found the trash can. Um, so it, it, we have also a responsibility to lift up issues and to help our audience think through some of those issues. And, and what I want to do is uh, ask you to share with us uh, as you prepare uh, to, to do your show, and, you, and, and, and obviously you are part of your NIA as from um, the Nguza Saba, purpose is to inform and empower the masses. Uh, let me ask you, what kinds of things, um, issues, are you thinking about right now in regard to this sitting Congress, uh, this outgoing president, the XL pipeline, um, the legalization of drugs? And by the way, you had our friend on your program uh, last week, Neil Franklin, he is a huge part of the Our Common Ground family. Love that brother. He uh, was so, awesome. He's <laughs> I, I'm going to have him back on because he's uh, just a very powerful voice for common sense in this yeah. war on drugs, which has so often just been a war on black people in America. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, a horrible this destruction of the African-American community and a massive waste of resources. Uh, you know, the prisons are filled with young African-American men whose lives have been destroyed. 
because they're doing things in much smaller amounts than the titans of Wall Street are sticking up of their nose, and they never get arrested or put in jail or done with a perp walk. And so, uh, you know, Major Franklin uh, was just awesome, and I'm a huge fan of LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. So, you know, I was really glad to have him on the show, and, and I'll have him back. Mm-hmm. He was a regular. Um Every, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, he joined me for uh, an hour or so uh, before he became the uh, National Executive Director of LEAP. Uh, he was uh, on their speaking circuit. Uh, but, but tell us about your, your thoughts about this Congress and how we have to navigate and negotiate uh, some political advocacy in the midst of the craziness. Well, it's, it's become obvious that the Republican plan is to turn the House of Representatives into the North Dakota legislature. And by that, I mean the North Dakota legislature meets for 60 days every other year. There are four state legislatures in lightly populated states that still meet every other year. And when they meet at that every other year, it's like for the first two months of the year. They pass a few bills and then they go home. They are the ultimate part-time legislature. The House of Representatives has made abundantly clear that that's exactly what they want to do because they want to prevent President Obama from getting anything done. Because if he gets anything through Congress, of course, he'll claim credit for it, and that's the last thing they want. So they've grabbed a hold of one half of the two houses of Congress, just House of Representatives, and shut it down which shows that they understand the civics of how America works, which is America, the American government is a big, complicated machine. Power is diffuse and spread throughout several institutions. So all you need to do, if you have malice in your heart, if all you want to do is shut the machine down and take a screwdriver and just jam it into the gears of the machine and grind it to a halt, all you need to do, is have control of the House of Representatives. The Senate can pass all the bills they want. If it doesn't go through the House, it never makes it to the president's desk. So unless and until the Democratic Party has what they had in the first two years of President Obama's first term, which is the White House, the House, and the Senate, nothing's going to get done. And in the Senate, in those first two years, the Democrats didn't have a filibuster-proof majority for any more than about 61 days because Al Franken's election was delayed due to a recount. Senator Ted Kennedy was basically on his deathbed and couldn't make it. And there were a few of these very Republican Democrats, like Mary Landrieu of uh, Louisiana and Mark Pryor of Arkansas, who said, oh, I'm the 60th vote, so I'm going to shake down the president for what I want and drag him over to the Republican side, even though they claim to be Democrats. And Harry Reid didn't have the spine to get rid of the filibuster rule so that they could just move things through while they had the opportunity. After those first two years, the president's agenda has just been ground down because uh, the Republicans have just shut down the House. So unless people get out and vote this November and return control of Congress back to a Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party just decides they're going to have a spine, and that they're actually going to stand up for what they believe in, and what their constituents believe in. Janice, it's just going to be two more years of, of shutdown government, and wait out, run out the clock until 2016, when the Republicans hope to take back the, con- uh, take back the presidency. Uh, do you Boy, have any that projections depressing. that, that um, 
that they'll take over the, the Senate? I don't see it happening. I know that the corporate political pundits on the talking head shows on TV are all saying it's going to happen. I don't see it happening. They'll win a couple of seats, but the Democrats will keep control of the Senate, which is actually important because the Senate confirms the judges. And since they've gotten rid finally of the filibuster rule for judges and presidential nominees, uh, they still have the filibuster for legislation. But they've gotten rid of it for judges and for presidential nominees to executive branch agencies like cabinet secretaries and that sort of thing. Now that Harry Reid's finally gotten rid of that because it was abused so terribly, if the Democrats can keep the Senate, and I think they will, then the president can fill up all the vacancies in the lower federal courts and we can return the courts to a more centrist ground. Because since Ronald Reagan, the Republicans have stocked the courts with these blatantly extremist uh, really outside the mainstream radical uh, Republican judges who have dragged the law way over into the corporate direction. And it's been really hard to watch. Yeah, it's been very sad and very painful to watch. I, 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 you know, I can't express to you uh, what it means uh, for grit. You know, I'm a grit, right? Girl reared in the South. Um <laughs> I feel your pain, Dennis. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I grew up in the South too, down Arkansas way. Things were rough down there. I'm hmm. sorry, I had to slip in a little bit of Clinton for you. Uh, well, you know, for me, um, growing up in Jim Crow, I attended segregated schools until. I was in the ninth grade, and then from 10th grade to 12th grade, I was one black child, little grit, and I was a black princess, by the way, um, and uh, of 900 white children in Palm Beach, Florida. Wow. Um, I attended traditionally all-white institutions. I was the first black student at Florida State University. I was the first uh, black student at MIT Sloan School of Management. I, I know what the isolation of living in a racist environment and trying to navigate that and make sense of that and deciding that there is no sense in that does. And so I translate that into how black people are experiencing America today. The first book that I ever got as a gift, hard copy book with, with more than 400 pages, was a book called The Man. And it was written by an author who just went by my brain, but it was about a black vice president who becomes president. And my whole worldview was impressed by the story of that book. And to watch Barack, President Barack Obama in this environment for a grit of Jim Crow is very painful. So... You know, I, I I have this empathy going at all levels for people who listen to this broadcast, people who have to um, try to make sense of the murder of Trayvon Martin and the murder of Jordan Davis 
and um, as we went on the air tonight, there are four African-American young black men whose bodies were found tortured and the organs were missing. So what's your take on this environment? Well, Janice, we've made uh, good progress, believe it or not, despite despite all the the violence, and you just gave some you know big horrible examples of that. We, we've made it so that overt racism is unacceptable now. Um, you may recall some years back, Rush Limbaugh was uh, part of the ESPN football crew. This was maybe 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. For whatever reason, ESPN thought it was a great idea to make him part of the football crew. And he said that you know Donovan McNabb, I believe was the quarterback, wouldn't be a quarterback in the NFL if he wasn't black. And that created a huge uproar, and that was the end of Rush Limbaugh's football career on ESPN, thankfully, after just a few weeks. But it's become now where the racists have to use code words and they have to use a wink and a nod. And I view that as progress. It may be a small step, but the new racism that we all have to contend with is a very clever ruse, a very clever device. And the Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, is one of the chief proponents of it. They have declared, with no evidence to back them up, that racism is over. See, we elected Barack Obama. Look who's in the White House. Racism has been cured. We are now a totally colorblind society, so anyone who talks about race is a reverse racist. Very insidious, very clever. You've got to give these guys credit. I mean, they're really sharp, and they're really smart, and they're very nasty. And so we need to very just calmly look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you're trying to trick me. That is false. Racism is alive and well. The stand-your-ground laws were not written to protect young black men for shooting white guys. The stand-your-ground law was written to give white racists in the South and elsewhere excuses to shoot young black men. That's why the stand-your-ground laws are here, and that's why they're being defended. And the moment a young black man shoots a white guy dead and claims stand your ground, watch the outroar and watch the court say, oh, no, you don't get to use stand your ground. Stand your ground's only for white guys who shoot young black men. I mean, the racism is obvious, but they, they have to make it look not obvious. And we have to be willing to say, look, it, we've made progress and we need to make more progress. There's no question that we have, you know, done well. Uh, Dr. King was reported to have said that it would take about 40 years after his time for us to have our first black president, and he was right. So, you know, we, we just keep fighting. I mean, slavery existed in this country for a long time before the Civil War, and we, it took a civil war to end slavery. And then after 100 years after slavery ended, we had de facto slavery. You grew up in it, Jim Crow. We have to just keep fighting and remember we're part of something much larger than ourselves, and we're not going to solve all the problems of our time in our time. We've got to pick up where the generations before us left off. They handed us off a situation for good or for ill or a group of problems. We've got to fight to, to win as best we can and be realistic enough to expect we're not going to solve all problems for all time in our time and then hand it off to the next generation. 
And the good news is the next generation coming up behind us is totally on our side. All the polling shows it. The 18 to 33-year-olds are very different from the 65 and older crowd. So the future is bright as long as we keep working. Yeah, I read an article today where uh, Robert Greenwald uh, was writing about that the, the millennial generation uh, is going to dominate American politics. And I was so pleased to, to, to be able to hear, to hear that. But right now uh, we are facing um, – I, I, you, you did a, a report on Marissa Alexander on your show. And the Friday that Marissa Alexander was sentenced, she was on this broadcast one hour after she had been sentenced to 20 years. We had her live from uh, the Florida, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County Jail. And I had prepared the night before to be able to interview her, and I really thought that this woman is going to get some form of probation and we're going to have to talk about that and dissect that and analyze that because essentially she was defending herself. She was a victim of domestic violence and had every reason to want to need to defend herself. And she comes on the air and she's been sentenced to 20 years in prison. And now Angela Corey the state attorney general is talking about going after her has filed for 60 years it's amazing and you know marissa alexander was lucky that her 20-year sentence got vacated got overturned but the saga as you know better than me is not over and now the the state of florida is still coming after her and it's a disgrace and it's as alpha was saying We've got to speak plainly, we've got to speak bluntly, and we've got to be not afraid to just tell the truth bluntly. And what is happening to Marissa Alexander is a disgrace, especially in the context of the Trayvon Martin travesty. Wow. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Our Common Ground, and our guest tonight is Norman Goldman, the talk master of the Norman Goldman Show, which you can hear nightly at www.normangoldman.com on iTunes and uh, TuneIn and uh, Stitcher and iHeart and some of uh, the terrestrial radio stations that are left for talk which is make sense, which is ab- above the garbage pail. <laughs> and so thank you for for joining us. Norman, before you go, I do want to get your take and get people to to get an idea of uh, what your take on I'll give you the list. The governors of Florida, Louisiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Texas. <laughs> well, there's a rogues gallery, huh? Yeah. It really is. I mean, but it speaks to who's going to the polls. And now it's very complicated by the tremendous and effective campaign of voter suppression in poor and elderly communities. Well, Janice, voter suppression is happening, as you very correctly point out, and you name the states. 
and there are a few others, but you got the main culprits. And it, it, in one sense, we can kind of in a perverse way take comfort from it because in Florida and Texas, in, in Ohio, in Wisconsin, where the Republicans have taken over, they are afraid of us. They know there are more of us than there are of them. That is why they're trying to suppress the votes of Democrats, and that's why Democrats, when Democrats take over, they don't try and suppress the votes of anybody. In my state, California, it's as easy to vote as getting a ballot in the mail and just sending it back. Uh, California makes it really easy to vote in lots of different ways. Many democratically dominated states have very, very easy voter registration and, and voting systems. It's in the states where the Republicans take over, they're afraid of us. The problem is, is that we hold the power in our hands, and we don't use it. I am continually baffled by how in the off-year elections, the alleged off-year elections like this one, when there's no presidential election on the ballot, so many Democratic voters figure, oh, it's not important that I vote. I don't need to vote. There's no presidential election. I only vote in the presidential elections. I can't bother to get my fingernails dirty with voting in anything other than a presidential year. And because our people are much less habitual voters, and their people are very habitual voters, the people who show up win. And when you add on top of that the layer, as you correctly pointed out, of voter suppression – it makes it really hard for the majority to have its voice heard. And to a large extent, I'm sorry to quote Herman Cain, but we have to blame ourselves. We have to educate our own team how important it is to vote in every election and to spend a few minutes learning the issues in your local races and, in, and understanding that the House of Representatives is really important. And voting in, in a 2014 alleged off-year election is really important. And you know, getting our people to vote habitually, if we did that, the Republicans would be basically in the, in the dustbin of history. There wouldn't be any of them left because they'd never win an election if all, all we did was just get our people out to vote. It would, be, it would be the end of the Republican Party. And by the way, in Texas now, there's an organization called Battleground Texas, which has a lot of the president's former top organizers. And I've given them as much money as I can scrape together, and I've urged other people to do it, because in Battleground, Texas, they are organizing and registering people to vote. And if we can take Texas away from them, then we can do them a major body blow. Texas is the biggest jewel in the Republican crown, and if we can take it away or turn it into a battleground, we're going to cause them big trouble. So we've got to organize. We've got to get people registered. And we've got to get our people to get out and vote all the time. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think that the people who listen to this show um, weekly understand that that is, that is a challenge. And we can't get – we can't do – get out the vote the way that we have been doing it, the the, the the churches have been shut down from their get to the whatever they do on Sunday in the black churches that has been shut down so we've got to find other ways to do it and it's really interesting that we seem to have been more successful 
and get out the vote in the black community when there was not the Internet than we have when there is the Internet. Norm, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk about what you read, what TV you watch, what movies you you do, and um, so that our audience can catch you on Beyond the Norm. This is Janice Graham, and this is Our Common Ground. I think this one's good. I think it makes a lot of sense, but let me remind you of Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing. That was obviously a terrorist act, and it was done by Americans on American soil. Uh, Terrorism has lots of different faces and viewpoints. Uh, We have marauded around this planet, throwing our weight around, invading at will, and creating a lot of enemies. And Donald Rumsfeld asked in May of 2003, are we killing and deterring more terrorists than we are creating? When Donald Rumsfeld is asking that question, that really ought to tell you that you need to not throw your weight around so much, and maybe they won't come out here and try and hit you back. Who invited how much, him? How much has he had to drink? <laughs> <laughs> Who invited him? He's, All right, he's, we're he's moving on. He's on the third station. Don't worry about it. We are moving on to our next... Uh, and save us from the madness. This is our common ground. Thank you for joining us tonight. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Stay tuned. absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're 7th in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, 3rd in median household income, number 4 in labor force, and number 4 in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? <laughs> this is a four-drink minimum. All right, uh, let's move on. Give President Obama a grade for his four years in office. Let's go down the line, starting with you, Norm. Uh, I give him a C. He's not a real Democrat. He's a moderate Republican. <laughs> he... <laughs> it's a measure of how extreme America has gotten and how weird America has gotten <laughs> time that time. When, yeah. when a real Democrat Michael. shows up, you don't recognize him. Michael, go ahead. And tall, dental. And 
You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Trans- Problems at the embassy. Yeah, right. The movie. You're talking about the film. Yes. The YouTube film. Yeah. That's what I was And that was propagated. You know, but it's funny because the CIA now is saying that there actually was a demonstration. That was their initial assessment. And they're making that same assessment now. Hey, if you guys are going to go with the CIA to invade Iraq on lies, you're going to live with the CIA now. You don't get to pick your facts because they fit your predetermined notions, okay? Let's just live with the... That's it. You're going to have to live with the CIA under George W. Bush and under Barack Obama, okay? You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Tonight on this wonderful, it was over 36 degrees in Boston today, and we are celebrating and we're being happy. Thank you for being with us, and don't forget at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show coming up, Soul Emergence with Peter E. Matthews and Holly Roach. And uh, don't forget that we still have Power Views and all of the... Norman Goldman Radio History and Analysis Series. All six, five of them will be featured on Power Views at TruthWorks Network. And next week at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking with Tabidi Lewis. He's the author of Ballers of the New School race and sports you know him he's been here before norman goldman our guest tonight thank you so very much uh for joining us and i want to make sure that talkers who do the right thing are talkers that we hang with and we hang with the norman goldman show at www.normangoldman.com so that we really have a sense that we know you. <laughs> what are you reading? What TV are you watching? And what movies? Well, Janice, uh, thank you very much for all the kind words, and I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, and, you know, the um, the reason I pronounce it Norman Goldman is there's a story behind it. I won't bore you with it now, but it is free on our website, right on the front page at normangoldman.com. It's a silly story. It's true, and that's why I pronounce it that way. Um, but the um, the truth is I'm reading stuff for the show all the time. I mean, we do a three-hour live show. Uh, daily from 3 to 6 Pacific, which is uh, afternoon drive on the West Coast, 3 in the afternoon to 6 in the afternoon, which is 6 to 9 in the early evening on the East Coast. And so I'm reading, I'm on the Internet all the time, reading everything. Believe it or not, I read the crazy people stuff too. 
I want to see what's happening over at redstate.com and National Review. I mean, it's really hard to stomach a lot of that stuff, but you gotta you gotta understand what they're what they're talking about. I'm also reading, you know, independent uh, news like uh, at Alternet, um, com, uh, Consortium News. Um, there's all kinds of stuff online. Raw story. That you know you, you're not just consuming what it is that ABC, NBC, and CBS wants you uh, to read. So I'm on the internet all the time looking for different sources, and I got to tell you, I've started watching a lot of Al Jazeera America mm-hmm. uh, because they are actually practicing real journalism. Al Jazeera America's, I think their ratings are like non-existent. There's very few people watching, and that's a shame. Because they do very thought-provoking stories. They're doing journalism that none of the corporate media will touch. They've got guests on there that you're not going to see elsewhere. And so I find Al Jazeera America to be very engaging. You know, for fun, I do watch movies. Uh, You know, just my wife and I watch movies for entertainment purposes um, but, uh, of course, I end up in the political world. So, Bullworth, I don't know if you ever saw Bullworth with Warren Beatty. That's yeah. terrific. B-U-L-W-O-R-T-H is hilarious. Wag the Dog, which I mentioned earlier, is one of my favorites. I mean, they just really did a nice job there. And, you know, just uh, I try and stay away from the current Hollywood, you know, burn them up and blow them up kind of stuff. Um, but, uh you know, really, it's just I'm kind of a news junkie, and it's all politics all the time, so that's pretty much what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't sure, but as an attorney, do you also have a practice? I can't imagine how you could with doing three hours of radio every day. I gave it up. When we started this show, I gave up practicing the law. And I had practiced for about 25 years, but I was kind of winding it down the last two or three because I knew we'd be launching our show, which which began in September of '09. So I stopped taking cases a couple of years before that and just kind of worked off what I had uh, and and pretty much gave it up. I mean, I still have my law license, but I haven't I haven't made a court appearance. I mean, I was a litigator for all those years. I haven't made a court appearance in years and. Uh, what I do now is I really try and, and uh, you know, make the law accessible to the people who are listening because people are fascinated by the law, they're confused by the law, they're intimidated by it. Many people are very scared of lawyers and the legal system. And what I've tried to do is be kind of an ambassador to the law and just try and demystify it and explain how it works to people. I pick cases that you know are are big in the news that citizens united disgraceful case out of the supreme court corporations are people and they can spend unlimited amounts of money in politics there was a case out of the massachusetts supreme court this week about a a pervert who was taking pictures up of women's dresses uh while on public transportation that one got a lot of play but i try and pick cases i'll be doing one on monday the kansas state supreme court just ordered the legislature to create more equity in the funding of schools in the state of Kansas because Kansas has starved the poor districts, uh, the poor school districts of funds to run their schools, whereas the rich districts are doing just fine. So I try and make the law understandable. I try and explain concepts in the law 
and that's where a lot of our Beyond the Norm segments, the $5 a month podcasting, uh, comes in as well. But I do a lot of it uh, you know, over the air uh, during the show as well. And, and it, I, I, can, I can see the reaction. People really appreciate having the law explained in a way that is quick and understandable without a lot of legal gobbledygook and in a way that makes sense. And so that I've, I've created that role for myself, Janice, because nobody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, your your civics lessons, you call it civics lessons, are, are, are just a remarkable uh, use of the airwaves. Uh, I think that uh, most people miss those lessons or didn't understand, they, when they were younger, they didn't understand what they meant. And the real-life understanding of how our government works, how the legal system works, how the justice systems work. I mean, you can't, you can't understand the justice, you can't understand injustice if you don't understand how the justice system works. And you do a fine, outstanding job of that. And I have to tell you that I, I really enjoy listening to your broadcasts. Uh, we're going to take one more call. Uh, you're on the air. I respect you out of Texas. Uh, hey there, uh, Ms. Janice Graham. Uh, Ms. This India is I Declare of I Declare Show. How are you? I knew you talkers would be calling. Yes, indeed. I, I wanted to say uh, thank you so very much to Mr. Goldman. I'm really enjoying um, uh, what you're having to say, and it is uh, tremendously insightful. Um, as as an Internet uh, uh, talker, um, I, I just want to facilitate dialogue, and um, I love what you said, uh, Janice, that if we're, if we're ever going to walk through some of this stuff, we're going to have to talk it through. Uh, and to have um, uh, the power of Mr. Goldman and his program, um, it, it, it's... Um, uh, inspiring and it and it and it, and it gives me it gives me a lot of hope. This has been very um, uh, informative and insightful to know uh, at its core where the industry is going and and where and where we are um, as talkers and as citizens. Um, and Mr. Goldman's work is um, very uh, powerful. I'm, I'm I'm really just beginning to familiarize myself with it. Uh, but um, uh, I can see why he's uh, very uh, successful. So I, I just wanted to say thank you. Well, thank India you. Declare That's very kind. Of the I Declare show. Um, India is one of the 500 on the Internet Talkers top list, Talkers Magazine. And we love her. Uh, A big thank band you so very much. Uh, thanks for standing bold, uh, Mr. Goldman. Um, thank you. Well, thank, uh, thank you so you. much be, for what you listening. do. It's going to take all of us pulling in the same direction to get this country right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the trajectory that we are on uh, currently simply cannot stand. And and knowing that we're in this transition uh, of this new media, uh, knowing that we're kind of on the frontier of this, it's 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 empowering to know that you're out there uh and that we're all out here together and uh, hopefully um uh hopefully we can change some things but i thank you and and great show janet as always thank you india and you have a great weekend and we look forward to seeing to hearing you on saturdays 
uh, and Fridays and Saturdays, 11 a.m. right here at Blog Talk Radio. Miss India Declare of the I Declare Show. Thanks, India, for your shout-out. Um, you see, Norm, there are many of us out there who are struggling to get a voice of reason in our airwaves. And I guess i got to stop calling it the airwaves, in our stream. And um, and we just uh, have to support each other. And I am just so very pleased and honored that you joined me tonight. I mean, the nuggets of information, the, 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 the golden rays of hope and courage about talk radio and our future and that we're on the right, we're on the right, we're in the right direction. Well, Dennis, just think about where uh, media will be ten years from now. I mean, if you think about 2024, how many people are going to be listening to AM radio in their cars? And the answer is like mm-hmm. nobody, because mm-hmm. all the all the new cars now, and they're selling them like hotcakes. I mean, the auto industry's back. People are buying cars. The numbers are very good. All the new cars have those little TVs embedded in the dashboard, and all of them have, I mean, Toyota has, it's called Entune, E-N-T-U-N-E, Ford has MySync, and, you know, all of these, all of the big manufacturers of mass-marketed cars all have Internet-connected cars now, and you can... You don't even see a radio in the new cars. You just tap, tap, tap on the little screen. So, you know, radio is really facing a death knell, especially AM. People are still listening to FM because the sound quality is good, and they want to discover new music, and they're willing to listen to commercials uh, for free content. They're willing to make that bargain. But if you want talk radio, and a lot of people do, there's nothing on AM radio for a huge segment of America, and they're discovering, and they are very quickly transitioning to what you're doing on Blog Talk Radio, what I'm doing at normangoldman.com. Janice, there are 45,000 Internet radio stations. It's a stunning number. Many of them are very small. Many of them are just streaming music you know, onto the Internet and not doing a lot of you know, content other than music. But uh, you know, we're all experimenting. Everybody, we're in a formative transitional phase here and a lot of folks are still kind of stuck on radio terrestrial like you were talking about earlier with the, with the broadcast tower and you got to have a big signal uh, that that's disappearing and if you're 18 to 33 years old that never existed <laughs> am radio if you go to an 18 to 33 year old and you ask about am radio they'll they'll look at you blankly and say what is that so yeah, it's yeah. changing and we have to somehow gut it through and find our way through because there's a brave new world coming and we're at the forefront of it. But right now it's tough. Right now it's tough and the next 12, 24, 36 months are going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, Norman Goldman, I am just so pleased to 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 make this connection and I will continue to uh catch your broadcast. For those of you out there, Norman Goldman is on Facebook. He is on Twitter. Unlike some people, he uses his his name, Norman Goldman, at Norman Goldman. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. Uh, and you can catch his broadcast and become a subscriber for $5 
uh, a month, which I am and pleased to be. Um, and I do listen to you in the car. Uh, I listen to you in the kitchen, and I listen to you in the bed. And um, I've been telling all my friends, if you want quality talk radio, it's the Norman Goldman Show. Norman, thank you so very much, and you've got to come back. Maybe we'll get you and Neil Franklin together so we can talk about legalizing some of these drugs and stopping this war on poor people. I'd be honored, and, and Janice, I'm, I'm honored to be your friend and any time. I'm coming okay. on any time, especially with you, Neil Franklin. I'm, I'm happy to be part of the team. Great. And um, you will receive your uh, Our Common Ground gift uh, via email, <laughs> Dropbox, Dropbox. I knew that that would be one that you would enjoy. Uh, folks, www.normangoldman.com. Norm, thank you so very much, and I'll see you on Monday as you kick it off. Fierce and independent, the arbiter of justice, serving justice, and we hope that all of you will join Norman Goldman as well. Thanks so very much. Uh, what what a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, time um, to be able to talk to people who understand the power of talk radio. Um, because all my friends, uh, Bob Law, um, they're either all my colleagues that I started out with, the pioneers in this stuff, they're either dead or said enough is enough. Don't forget at Our Common Ground next Saturday night, uh, we are going to be meeting with my, my good brother, Tabidi Lewis. He is a professor of African American studies, and he is book. Ballers of the New School, Race and Sports in America, is going to be with us. And we thank you so very much for being with us. And don't forget, it's www.ourcommonground-talk.net. No, hot, our common ground, hyphen talk dot ning dot com, our common ground dot um, com. And we're on Facebook. We are on Twitter at Janice OCG, hashtag Talk That Matters. We thank you so very much. We hope that we have transformed truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And again, happy birthday, Princess Imani, and we wish you well as you return to school tomorrow. Back to the grind, as you have been saying. Oh, yeah. I'm Janice Graham, and it's been a pleasure to talk with you tonight at our Common Ground. And we'll see you next week right here, 10 p.m. You've been tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And don't forget, here... Our Common Ground, each Saturday, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Have a great weekend.
legend. 